Hey, how you doing? Welcome to No Ideas of Residual Sports. I'm Kenyatta. We're here with Bill and Zane, and we got the guest of the hour, Mr. Anthony Club. How you doing, man? What's going on? I'm chilling, man. Pleasure to be here, man. Yes, right, sir. Great to have you. Great to have you, man. Yeah, we was in, we all we all official here. What's in me? See, I'm original Bronx site, as you can see. <laughs> Zane, oh, Zane, the original Bronx, and we 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 got a Bronx Bronx forum in the house tonight or something. Yes, <laughs> Definitely, man. Hey, listen, man. I tell you what, take it back to when you was in high school at St. Raymond's when I was at those games. But I was you, oh, wow. I was at your games. I was at your Kyle's games. So we was there, man. <laughs> Those are classics right there, man. Real classics. Yeah, man. Back to the Riverside days and everything. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely had good times back then, man. That's, that's when basketball was, you know, basketball back then. And, and, and guys, you know, respected each other and played hard. It wasn't no, you know, like trash talking like that. We just let our game speak for ourselves. Yeah, you know that, man. So, just just to ask you, man, listen, how was that whole recruiting process years ago, man? Because St. Raymond's was a hotbed for players going around the country. I mean, I, I tell people this story all the time. Um, basketball is my last sport. Like, that's something I just settled settled down into. Cause I played every sport like like there was to play, you know, in my in, in my neighborhood. You know, I, I played. Uh, Baseball was my first sport. I played football. I ran track. Um, I even played volleyball for a little bit. And then um, when I was in junior high school, a friend of mine by the name of uh, Andre Faison and, and uh, a few other guys, but mainly him, he introduced me to Riverside. And once he did that, then you know I got looks from all kinds of schools. It wasn't just Rice. It was Hollows. Uh, it was Cardinal Hayes. It was St. Raymond's. And I even visited these schools, and just that I had a better fit at Rice, you know. And I, I, I knew some players there as well, and I just said, "I'm just, I'm just stick that out there because I felt that that was the better fit for me at the time." And, and my, my just basketball career just took off from there. Hey, you know, I've actually always thought it was crazy how a place like Rice could Rice could close down with all the players that came out of that school. I mean, Rice was pumping out players like like crazy. I, it was just just amazing how they end up closing down. I think the last, I think you know, what I think I think Cardinal Hayes benefited the most from Rice closing down. Yeah, I mean, a lot of students went to Cardinal Hayes because it, it was close. To, um, it was more convenient for them. A lot of guys from the Bronx um, actually went to um, went to Rice High School. So, you know, the the, the second best school, you know, close to Rice was Cardinal Hayes. You know, and. I think that's where a lot of guys just settled into, and um, that made their program even more stronger. Yeah. So, yeah, Zane, do your thing. Peace, Anthony Glover. Appreciate you coming on the show. Um, can you tell us what age you fell in love with the sport of basketball? Like, I know you said you played other sports growing up, but tell us what age you think that you fell in love with the sport of basketball. And who were some of your inspirations uh, growing up, watching them on TV or or actually seeing them at a game? Um, I would say I actually fell in love with the sport when I was about 16. Um, being at um, a lot of awards, 
Uh, we won championships. Um, uh, guys I looked up to, um, Felipe Lopez, Tyrone Grant, um, Ron Artest, he was even playing, you know, with them on the same team, but I felt like he was like a tough guy, like a tough, tough guy. And and he was, you know, on the, the same team, he was like the guy I looked up to because we played together. Like, I'm like, this guy played with no no fear. And, and that's how I started to play. Um, we had other guys like, uh, oh man, you had a lot of guys. Um, Jam guard, you know, um, um, you know, um, guys like that. I played when I was young. These was guys that was actually playing like unlimited tournaments, and I'm playing on a team, but I was only about 15, 16 years old. These guys is like 18, 19, and I'm actually com- competing with them, and I'm doing, you know, my thing, and, and they respect me for that because there's no, no young guy. I was a guy that actually played with heart. And they respect that. And, and once they seen I could play, and I held my own, I went up from there. But there was a lot of older guys that I respected, a lot of guys that I looked up to, um, Terminator, Predator. Um, it's a bunch of guys, man. I, I, I can't go on, I can go on, on about it, but there's a lot of older guys that actually taught me the game and how to play the game and showed me how to be humble about it. You know, because I was, once again, I was a young dude. And I was holding my own. I was, I've been six five for a long time, and you know, at, a, at that size and my strength, like I was able to compete with grown men. You know, I actually battled with them, and sometimes I got the best of them because of my my I was young and I was strong. So it was a lot of people that really showed me how to play this game and, and, and showed me that you know I could go far if I just humble myself and just. You know, play a sport like it's, like it's supposed to be played. Yeah, 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 my guy, how you doing, bud? My dude, I'm good, bro. How are you? <laughs> yeah, you know we go way back, man. Listen, man. Um, <laughs> you know you played on one of those great AAU teams, the Riverside Hawks, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and your team was loaded, bro. <laughs> Grand and Tony <laughs> Gray, you know Elton Brand and Lamar Odom. Yeah. Um, I understand you guys went what sixty nine and one. Yeah. Understand is that true? Um, it was it was more. I think it was, it was like sixty seven, sixty nine in one year. But the game that we lost, it wasn't it wasn't really a game. It was more like an exhibition because we already made the playoffs. We, I mean, we already made the, the championship game. Okay, like we was already in trip. It's just that um, another team um, from from New York they had to go to whatever tournament, and they actually couldn't play. Uh, the the game to get to the playing championship, so we wound up playing um, the the Cali team, which had Shea Cotton and Corey Benjamin on it, and we actually Aaron played with them. Yeah, and, <laughs> and we actually lost. But I mean, we took that out. I mean, there was no problem for us because you already know we made the championship, mm. and we actually played the same team the next day, and we kind of blew them out. Right. So it was like that first game that we lost was it really a loss for us? Mm-hmm. No, because we already made the championship. It was just a exhibition for us because the other New York team had to leave to go to a different tournament. So we, we we played and we lost, and you know the championship game we we won by double digits. That's what we always did that year. Right. And I mean, 
respectfully, and we we, we we took that L, like I said, and we just kept it moving, and we never took no L after that, or before that. Wow. Yeah, that team was definitely loaded. We had a lot of guys. Eric Barkley, shit. We had we had a lot of guys, a lot of guys, a lot of guys. And everybody, everybody that year played, and everybody went to D one school and, and, and did their thing in college, and some of them went on to play pros. That that would probably go down as the best AAU team. I, I can tell you that. Yeah, just from watching that, that'll probably go down as the best AAU team ever. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's nobody really competing with that. I mean, and watching your game, man, you you play the game but in the way it's supposed to be and played an all-around game and work. When you watch the game today, man, listen, how do you feel about the way these guys go about approaching the game on defense and stuff like that? Once again, I, I mean, I'm I'm big on defense. I mean, I, yeah. I, I coach kids nowadays, and I tell them, I said, I don't care if you want 30 points. If you can't stop nobody from scoring, you're spending a whole lot of time on this bench. <laughs> so, my my thing is like nowadays the, the game has changed a lot from when I played. Um, it's it's not the same. You got centers want to be guards. You got guards trying to go in and be, trying to go into the bigs. Um, I don't I don't it's, it's not the same anymore. Like it's, it's, the game is always going to change, but the way it's changing now and and, and, and the way um, the players are being coached, it's not the same. Like it's, it's, to me, it's not, but I hope it gets better. Um, not saying that it's terrible right now, but the way I know how to play, I know how to play it from defense out. Now it's being coached where it's, it's, it's the last option. They want you to see if you can score the ball. They want to see if you could, you know, uh, um, you know, take over a game. You know, as, and, and to me, that's not how they're going to play because if you go, if you look at the stats and you look at, you know, all the teams that make the, the, the playoffs and make the championship, those are all the teams that play defense. Everybody that plays defense makes the chip. If you can't stop nobody, what's the point of you being on the court? You know, I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, you got to put points on the board, but you also got to play, play the other end of the court. The, the game's not one on one side, one side of the court. It's one on both sides. And then you got to have role players. Everybody's not a role player nowadays. Everybody wants to score. You know, hardly see nobody wants to rebound, do dirty work, you know, take charges like that, or you know, block shots. Or sometimes you you be that person on the bench that just round everybody else up. You know, be, be that guy on the bench to get everybody's on. You know, you really see that nowadays. So when you assume. You was him. You coach. You coaching a team now, and you you see all of this stuff. When you was him, when you played at St. John's, and you guys was him, you guys went out there and you made was it NIT and all that stuff. Because I mean, your guys were actually the last. I mean, this recent team they turned it down. I I don't know quite why they turned it down, but what did you think made that team so so good, or what what worked for you guys? Um, we had one goal. And that was just to make, make the tournament. And we came up short, we didn't make the tournament. So our next option was to make the NIT, make some chip, you know, and, and, and get a get a ring out of it. And and that and we did that. I mean, just because one door, you know, was knocked down for us, that, that don't mean that we can't open up the door and be successful. And that's what we did. 
I mean, all all my career, well, since I played in college, um, our goal has always been getting to the championship, whichever way as possible. And sometimes it was tough, you know, and sometimes we would be succeeded, whether it was the Big East tournament or NIT tournament or just making it to, 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 to the to, um, the NBA tournament itself. You know, we, we, we did that, so we, we got knocked down a few times, but we, we kept fighting. And I think our goal and the coach's goal and, and everybody else was just to make it be successful. And you know, sometimes we were successful. Uh, now, I, I do agree with what you were saying earlier, too, um, about defense. Defense win games, defense win championships, uh, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had the, the alias of the corrections officer. Just, you know what I'm saying? So, like, um, I would say, are, are, there, are there one or two uh, plays that you had to defend? And who out of the one or two of the ones that gave you the most competition were the ones that I guess were the hardest for you to defend, if any? Uh, I mean, as, as playing street ball or playing period? Both. Both. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, wow. Um. Okay, college-wise, I say the first person I probably had to defend was Eton Thomas, who played at Syracuse. Um, and street ball, I would have to say on DP, uh, he's a big guy, real strong. Um, we always go at it, um, and we still go out to this day. I mean, we play in, you know, like local tournaments and we, and we, we ball out and we still go at it. Um, process, we're not playing on the same team. Uh, uh, I probably said that's just about it. You know, there's everybody else on the table as far as big guys. Oh, and also, I can't believe him uh, because he probably, he probably called me later on as my little brother. A little bit. He definitely get in trouble. Yeah. Hey, there's one one quick thing. I'm gonna tell you. Listen, I watched the, the Ron Artest movie, right? And the Ron Artest movie is funny. Did you hear who he said was the toughest person he ever guarded? He said nah. it was some, some dude from CYL when he was a kid in sixth grade was the toughest guy he ever covered. That's what Ron Artest said. Some CYO. Yeah, a kid like when he was like in sixth or seventh grade and CYO was the toughest person. That Ron Artest said he ever defended. <laughs> well, that, that could be true because I actually, I actually, I actually met Ron Artest at Riverside, and we've been we playing the same team for for years. Um, I'll probably say I probably played against him. I want to say probably about two times since yeah. since, since I since I met him. We always play on the same team. Always, it's like. I, I, I really played against them. We all on the same team together. We won, we won Orchard Beach together. Um, college played the same team, and you played the same team. So it was like we never actually got a chance to play against each other like a lot. Yeah. Probably like two or three times we played against each other. But that's that's a tough dude to defend. 
puts out the fruits of the Hey, Ann, let me ask you this question, bro. What mm-hmm. biggest team you hated the most? <laughs> <laughs> he know we both laughing. He know. We both well, know I mean, why. When, when I was in Argentina, um, I think I scored 32 points. But when I was in this, when I was in college, I scored uh, 35 points against St. Francis. I only missed two shots, and that was free throws. Mm. That was it. Mm. I cooked them. Nice, nice. Were there teams that you hated? Uh, <laughs> just hate them. No. Hate, hate, hate no. Because if, if, if I hate you, that means I love them. That means it's right. going to be a good game. So mm-hmm. I don't I I I hate no team. Right. There was always rivalries like Rice against St. Raymond's, mm. St. John's against Duke, yeah. St. John's against UConn, St. John's against St. Hall, right. St. John's against um, Syracuse. Yeah. Yes. Like, those are all rival, rival games. And yes. I won't say I hate them, but the the, the games that, that I really got riled up on was when we played against Duke. Mm. And when we played against Duke, down at Duke, my first year playing against them, and we beat them, I know we could beat anybody. Right. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask you about that game, man. That, that was a cl- instant classic. Yeah, man. It's, I wish, I wish Carlos Boozer could have actually stayed at St. John's because he actually had a visit uh, that year. He came to St. John's for a visit. And I actually met him and, and I kind of toured with him around the school. And, you know, he liked what he seen and, you know, he was still undecided and he chose to go to Duke. And I'm not mad because he, he had a good season at Duke. You know, he had a great year, you know, in the pros. Uh, but it would have been good just playing, you know, alongside him than playing against him, though. I, I can tell you, y'all had the whole city rhyme with y'all watching that game. <laughs> Everybody was oh, watching. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> Coming back home, coming back home, and you know, actually touching down New York, seeing everybody, you know, cheering for us. Even though it felt like you know, uh, 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 NCAA tournament, you know, a game, but everybody was just supporting us, get us on. You know, it, it felt good. Yeah. So. Listen, you went on to play overseas for listen, 10, 11 years or something. How was that experience? It was great, man. Actually, to take my family out, you know, travel for free, see different sites of the world. Um, it was great. My first year, um, I was in South, South Korea, um, made, made the playoffs. Uh, we got knocked out the second round. Uh, my second year, I went to Iceland, um, played there. We was also in the Europe Cup. We won the league tournament. We won the Europe Cup tournament. Um, I played in the dunk contest. Won the dunk contest. Um, I was MVP of the league that year. Uh, then two years after that, I was in France. Um, did great there. Played in Pro A and Pro B. And I played in Paraguay, uh, Mexico. And then from there, I played about five, six years in Argentina and got championship there. Uh, played in the Pro B a few years, uh, took the team from Pro B to Pro A, uh, had successful, had a, two successful seasons in uh, Pro A. Uh, we just did good. I mean, I, I had a, I had a, a positive uh, pro career and, you know, I, I thank God and my family because they, they both was always near me and always with me. 
And like I said, my, my, my family, I did live with me a few times and they loved it. You know what I mean? The, the, the city fell in love with them and they fell in love with them as well. Um, it, was, it was great. It was great. See, the great part of what you're saying is that every place you talk about is synonymous with winning. <laughs> I mean, I mean when, you, when you take a, a good guy like myself and you put me in, you know, around the player that got the same goal, same mentality, it's going to be easy. You know, it's, it's not like everybody had a, a mentality of, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna take 30 shots or, um, you know, we got this American who's shooting balls and passing the ball. It wasn't like that. But because my, my agent put me in a good position to be, you know, a, a, a leader, you know, be, you know, a, a motivator and be, uh, you know, be a, a, a flat play. And, and that's what I did. You know, I, I, I had a chance to also play with a few guys from New York. Uh, um, I was on a team with Charles Jones, uh, King Satterfield. Um, so, like I said, we had we had good players, and you know we had everybody had the same mentality. And the coaches was coaches on on each team was great too. I mean, they, they wasn't you know stuck up or nothing like that. They listened to the, the players, they listened to the Americans. And, you know, it went it went both ways. Hey, we got a question from one of the um, listeners. He says, Shannon says, what's the difference between Pro A and Pro B? And where? And I guess the, um, the, the what's in the different leagues you play played in? Um, well, Pro A, you're going to have like the top players. Uh, you might have some players that play in the NBA um, and, 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 you know, got released from the NBA playing in Pro B. Um, I'm for A, but you're gonna have like tough players in Pro B as well. Like you're gonna have like the the the, the hard players, the the the, the grimy players. They're gonna because they wanna move up. Like, they wanna I you know I guess like build a name for themselves. Like it's like it's tough guys. I mean Pro A got tough guys, but Pro A got you know creative prospects and you know Pro B players. Um, they they're just coming up. But you're gonna find some guy that's probably belong in Pro A, but they they not in Pro B. Yeah. It's like like Pro A, Pro A, Pro A is like varsity players, and Pro B is like JV players. It's more oh. like that. Yeah, it's like like that. I always felt that um, let's say ever since like Jordan left, uh, basketball or the. The NBA defense went went soft, and a lot of players that we look up to now, they wouldn't be able to survive back then, back in the Piston era, the Celtics era, and Chicago Bulls era, so forth and so forth, Pacers era. So, um, my 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 main question is, do you feel that the NBA is way more cosmetic than that you have these Fortune 100 companies that's Putting up big money as far as contracts for Stephon Curry, LeBron, this goes on and on. So it, it seems to me that they took out that defensive aggressive element in order to preserve the longevity of these athletes as far as, you know, not getting injuries and stuff like that. So how do you feel about that? And, and do you agree? I don't, I don't think that they took it out. If you look at it, all the players that actually retired, or you decide, you know what? Like I'm done. Those are all tough-nosed players, like top-notch players. Um, I always, I always like Shaquille O'Neal game. 
Like I've been a fan of Shaq for the longest, you know, and, and he played with, with passion, but he played with strength and power. So you have Shaq, you have Kevin Garnett, you had Chris Webber, you got Barkley, you got Allen Iverson, you got John, John, um, 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 John Stockton, you had um, <laughs> basically everybody from uh, Pistons. Um, you know, we got Isaiah Thomas, and we got uh, uh, um, all like those all players that all retired, and those you, we don't have those players no more in the NBA right now. We have upcoming, you know, people which was Steph Curry, you know, LeBron, you got those players. And I'm not saying that they play soft, it's just that they play with, like you said, with more finesse. They play with um, more style. Um, There's not, not a lot of people, you know, bumping in the middle. Uh, I'm doing, I, I saw the game the other night uh, with Brooklyn and the Lakers. Yeah. And you had, you know, LeBron and uh, uh, um, Davis um, AD on the side. But you had, you know, Kevin Garnett. Um, you had um, Kyrie was going inside and playing inside out, you know, which that's his game. But then in the middle, who we had, you had, you know, really nobody besides Drummond. Drummond was playing yeah. hard, bumping, 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 scoring, bumping, trying to get a foul. But like, I haven't seen that in a long time. And if you look at it, like what guys right now play like that, like play hard, nose, just going out there and just bump guys off the paint on defense or the bump guy offense just to get to the rim. And you got guys, you know, flopping, you know, trying to get a call. Yeah, that's part of basketball. <laughs> but is it really basketball? Yeah. You know, like, mm. is it really basketball? Like, is, is that what you mean? That you taught um, <laughs> in practice? You take one bump and <laughs> flop and fall and hope and get a foul? Like, nah, man. I mean, that's not how I thought. I, I always thought, you know, right. if you want it, go get it. I mean, and if they ain't giving it to you, just take it. And and, and, and I don't think the NBA is is like it's sport that way. It's more like I said, you got sending shooting threes. So you know, it's it's just crazy. It's crazy. Who do you yeah. feel um, as far as for the ones that's 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 playing now? Who do you feel could play both ends? Can 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 put. Considerable amount of points up, and also play that defensive factor too. Mm. I, I think I think LeBron could do it. You know, I know he's hurt right now. I know LeBron could do it. I I, I know um um uh, uh KD could do it. You know, if you put it, if, if you stay healthy, um, uh, there's a few guys I know could do. I mean, I don't even want. I mean, I. I'm a New Yorker, so I'm always gonna go with my New York guys, you know, Kimbug, you know, guys like that. And, and, and you know, he, he's playing real well with Boston. But there's a lot of guys I know for sure. And the number one on my list is LeBron because everybody looks up to him and everybody, you know, say, think that he's the new face of the league, and which he is the face of the league right now. You know, he's hurt, but he could definitely play both ends of the court. And he's been playing in the league for almost 20 years, so. And he still got it. He still got yeah, it. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm asking you a question, bro. Um, I found a quote or a comment you made a while ago said that um you felt that you wasn't a pro until you went until you played overseas and learned the game more. Can you explain that more in detail? Say it again. I said I found a comment you made a while ago about said that you weren't a pro until you went overseas 
and then playing overseas, you, you knew the game more. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, only, only I say that because when you playing overseas, like you have to learn how to adapt to a lot of things. When you're accustomed to to living in the sticks and going totally different out of your comfort zone, you gotta to it. And you got that to living wise, you know, the culture, um, the way they, they, they style of basketball. And once you get that down packed, I feel like you can play anywhere. It's like it's like somebody taking taking you to, you know, a, a neighbor's house and you don't know exactly where you're going. Like they blindfold you, took you at your own house and you think you're going somewhere far, but you actually next door and mm. you don't know where you at. And then you just gotta learn to, you know, where it's it, you know, you know, talk to people and, and get to know them and like, get them to get to know you. You know, you got to you got to adapt to your, your your environment. And once you do that, you know, you can go anywhere. Right, right. Um, I have a two part question before I pass on to uh, Kenyatta. Um, name your all time starting St. John's starting five. <laughs> and, put you on the spot, right? Come on. That, that's come on, baby. No, I no. Like, <laughs> then also, name me your uh, St. John's Mount Rushmore. <laughs> oh man, uh, my my all time starting five is St. John's. <sighs> wow. Um, point guard. I'm gonna have to say uh, Eric Barkley, my point guard. My my two guard, I would say Marcus Hatton. My three, I'd say Felipe uh, Lopez. Um, and these, these are the only guys I, I play with. That's what I'm naming these yeah. guys. I mean, I know you love the other guys. No, mm-hmm. um, four. You can put yourself in two. Say, oh no no no! Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Four, four, four would be Ron Artest, and five would be me. Only way I say I'm the five, the center. That's, that's what I played. I played right. the center, St. John. So I'm not gonna take that away. So I would be the center. Nice, nice. Okay. See him, my uh, Rushmore. My Rushmore. Yeah. Uh, Chris Mullen. Uh, Mark Jackson. Lupe Lopez. Uh, and I, I, would, I, would, I would say, uh, I would say, uh, Malik Silly. Nice. Yeah, nice. That's nice right there. You get mad at that. Those are all legends. Yeah, man. Come on. Sure. So, so recently, Draymond Green said that he's the best defensive player ever to play basketball. And that if he had a Mount Rushmore for defensive players, he'd put himself on there four times. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of those comments? He, he's he's his uh, own wrong all four times. I mean, listen, I mean, I'm not going to take none. That, that's our God's opinion. That's his thoughts. I'm not going to take none from him. But I wouldn't put him up there as... Uh, Top defensive player, or I wouldn't put them up there. Mount Rushmore for top defensive player, I wouldn't do it. No, that's just me. No, I wouldn't do it. So, who, who would you think you throw up there for Mount Rushmore top defensive player? Defensive player, 
Dennis Rodman. Uh, um, Jordan. Uh, Kobe. Uh, and Shaq. What about Akeem Olajuwon as an additional? Yeah, I can do that. Heads on that. You trying to put five heads on it? Everybody needs sub once in a while, right? Yeah, exactly. Extra one. The remix. Everybody needs sub. Yeah, Shanon said Gary Payton. Oh, the glove, right. Oh, the glove? Uh, Yeah, I mean... That could work as as well. I mean, I could have put, you know, I could have said, uh, um, shoot, I could have said, uh, the Greek freak. Yeah, I mean, he he just got defensive player two years in a row. Like I could have said him, but you know, I'm definitely gonna say Damon Green. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't gonna say that. <laughs> I ain't gonna say that. There's a lot of names I could have threw up there, but I won't throw that name. Hmm. <laughs> Tell us about uh, what does uh, Coach Mike Jarvis mean to you? Um, to me, Coach Jarvis was was like uh, Phil Jackson, uh, Coach K to me, because um, he didn't really teach you what you need to know on the court. He taught you a lot of what you need to do and uh, what you need to do to be successful off the court. Um, you know. I had a lot of coaches, you know, coached me throughout my years, and this was one of the coaches um, that actually invited the whole team to his house for Thanksgiving, um, made sure that we all was um, okay with uh, off the court. You know, a lot of guys had, you know, um, personal issues that they were dealing with, and he made sure that everybody was okay. And, like, he's, he, he was more like a father because of those that, that didn't have, you know, any men in their lives, you know, on, on their own. And I respect that um, of him. And he always you know, kept it real with all his plays. And he always was positive. Um, he let you know what you needed to know, even if you didn't like it. You know, he told you straight to your face. He wasn't somebody that talked behind your back, uh, nothing like that. But, you know, he definitely was uh, a positive role model while I was at St. John's and till this day now. Um, I still call him, you know, for his birthday, just checking my shot going. And he do the same thing for me. He check up on me and I'm probably do the same thing for all his players. Big shout out to Mike Jarvis, Coach Mike Jarvis, y'all. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, and recently, um, we lost uh, Tom Kanchowski a few weeks ago, you know, the high school guru that everybody know in New York City. And I'm yeah. quite met him a few times. So, um, can you elaborate? You know, any good stories? I guess you, you and him uh, had interact during your high school days. Um, I, I think the first time I met him, uh, was playing AAU, and he has like huge hands. Like his hands is really huge. I'm like, I'm shaking his hand. I'm like, he got gloves on. Like <laughs> this guy got some really big hands. And you know, we sat, we talked uh, basically about. Um, what my future looked like if um, I had any, if I, if I, you know, had any ideas of what I wanted to do. And I just told him no, and then he just, you know, told me who he was, and he just kicked it, and 
um, is a positive guy, positive guy, and, and, and well respected. I want to say, um, you know, when I heard about his passing, you know, hey, like everybody else, you know, you know it, it kind of hit home a little bit. You know, because he was always a positive guy, and he, he looked out for everybody. And if, if, if you knew him, you knew he was a good guy. You knew he was a good guy, and, and he, he did a good recruiting in, in the city. So. Um, uh, so my first time I met him, I was in here, and, uh, you know, we just had, you know, a, a nice little talk, you know, about, you know, the future. Um, and that's about him, man. He's, he's a great guy, you know. He's going to be well missed. And um, that's about it. One last question, too. What's your opinion on this uh, transfer portal going on in college basketball, <laughs> man? How you feeling about that, man? Huh? How about the transfer portal going on in college basketball? All these kids is leaving after one year. <laughs> Uh, like two other kids in the corner right now trying to transfer right now. How you feel about that? I, 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 I mean, I guess the kids know something that we don't know. Um, education is the key. I mean, I don't care where you go, you know, um, what you do. Education will always be the key. If you feel like if you feel like you could pass more by leaving, you know, early, I mean, I'm not gonna stop nobody's dream, but everybody should get their education, you know. It's, it's, for us, being athletes and it's given to us for free, why not take advantage of it and, 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 and just get that, that degree you know, and you know, just make make your life a whole lot easier because the basketball is not going to bounce you know, forever. Right. You know, you're you're going to retire. You're going to stop playing ball and you're going to need something to fall back on. That's something my parents always taught me is, you know, sports going to be there, but it's not going to be there forever. That you're gonna need something to fall back on to take care of your family. And, and I, I was always big on education. Um, but I mean, these, these kids nowadays, they try to school, school and then you know, they, they think that they're successful by transferring sometime right out of school and go to the pros, and it doesn't work like that. And then now you gotta try to, you know, find plan B or plan C or whatever. So. I would say stay in school and get your education because that paper, as far as the degree, is going to need the long run. So, I agree with you 100%. But Shalasta, I mean, the whole purpose of the scholarship is supposedly to get the free education. Especially with the way colleges cost now. (laughs) So, (laughs) education is a premium right now. Yeah. I mean, when you go to college and you really like like somebody like you go through the whole process, like when when the last game like your, your career happened, how do you pivot or how do you feel at that point? Like your last college game, that's got to be a different feeling. Or something. Of course, I mean, um, just by by my experience, uh, when I was a senior, my last game was I believe it was against uh, this school, and we made it to the. The second round in the, in the NCAA tournament, yeah. and we lost. And once I got back to the locker room, like I was, I was upset. I was down. The rest of my team was down. And I decided right there that I'm gonna come back to school for my fifth year because I, I didn't, I didn't like that feeling. Like it's, it's not a good feeling. You know, they work so hard in the beginning of the year, and just to have your dream shattered so early, it, it's not a good feeling. And then when I decided to come back, that's the year that we won the NIT tournament. And I felt like, you know what? This is how I wanted to go out. I wanted to go out with a bang and 
And I did, and I went out with a championship, and we, we celebrated that night. So to, to lose uh, so early you know, in the tournaments, uh, it's, it's not a good feeling. Now, you, you see it now, you know, when, when guys was losing first first round, second round, like guys climbing the sideline. That's how I felt my senior. And, and you know, I'm quite sure, you know, for those seniors that actually, you know, went through it, they, they, they wasn't happy. And you know, it's, it's a tough moment, tough feeling, but, uh, you know, you just got to bounce back and, and, and get back into it and, and uh, you know, get prepared for a lot of in, in, in their life. So, after you, won the, after you won the NIT tournament, which again, you know, which if everybody in the city was there, <laughs> there on that, it was, it was great. Mm-hmm. What do you, so what, like, what's your next thought after that? Like, you know, what was your thoughts on what you wanted to do with basketball at that point? Um, I actually took like a week off basketball I didn't touch no basketball no weight no nothing and afterwards I just got back in the gym because I knew that um, I had to get prepared for what was next um, I did in school um, I, I did the work and then after graduation um, I still had to prepare for either you know going overseas somewhere or getting an NBA tryout and I wound up playing in uh, this tournament um, called USBL uh, for the Brooklyn King. And we did great. And I did great. And I wound up getting a look from uh, a from um, a team in South Korea who actually, there was, there was actually looking for players in the city. And the actually was coming to the tournament. And, you know, they gave me a number, you know, call. And I went out to Chicago. Uh, and I played, and uh, they had like a, a tryout for like three days. I did well. I got picked up two. And once I got picked, I signed right there and came home and told my family, "Look, I'll be going to South Korea next next month." Wow! Wow! Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, wait, back back when you was getting ready for a game, right? Um, were there any? favorite in your playlist when you had your walkman on or music that you listened to prior to the game? Because some, some 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 players that have their walkman in, some players will leave their walkman at home because they'll see it as a distraction. Oh, but nah, was there my, a certain song that got you in the mood to perform at, you know, uh, you know, a, a great level on that uh, basketball court? Um, back then, yeah. Um, and, and it's crazy because, uh, it's, it's, it's touching because uh, I used to listen to Rough Riders a lot. Yeah. Uh, and RP DMX, one of the guys I got a chance to meet. Um, I listened to them. I listened to um, Fat Joe, um, Jay Z. Um, uh, Drag on, a few guys, but definitely Rough Riders. You know, DMX, I, I stay listening yeah. to them um, before game, man. You know, like, like always, he, he got you in. He got you hyped, he got you ready, so, you know, that was my hand. Tell us also about the importance of becoming a role player and transitioning to a leader, because I saw how, uh, Coach Mike Jarvis was 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 giving you credit. Um, you know, back when you guys lost in that last second uh, defeat to Fordham, 
and how you know you was you told your teammates certain things you know they wasn't listening to the coaches they wasn't taking stuff serious and stuff and um tell us tell us about like i said how you know going from that role player to a leader and how it helped you out just outside of basketball too before I was a role player, I was um, I was one of the guys that always observed everything, and I seen how you know guys like Ronald Test or Chutney Gray and Tyrone Grant, how those guys were, um, you know, in the locker room. Um, when we don't support them, um, I, I was never happy. I felt like every time we played them, we played down. Like we wasn't playing our game. We never played our style of basketball. And, you know, as, as, a, as, as a role player, it, it felt like it was my job to motivate guys to play. It was my job to also get myself going. Um, and if I got myself going, you know, sometimes, you know, they have pick up and they can follow. Um, there were some games where I, I didn't get myself going. Um, I got others going. And then there was times when I got myself going and I didn't get everybody else going. So I felt that, that I let them down, and I'm quite sure they fucking let they let you know themselves down as well. Um, but being a role model, you, know, you, you, you take on a certain uh, aspect of the game that the coaches don't take it, don't them take on. You know, the coaches are there to do their job. The coaches are there to put us in a position to win. I think it's our job to get us over that hump. And um, as a role player, you know. Sometimes, you know, myself, I didn't get us over that hump. Um, and as a leader, uh, a leader is able to accept those those challenges, um, accept those defeats, uh, accept those wins um, as a man. And like, I'm always going to be able to accept a win as well as a loss. Um, so, I mean, that that's that that to me the defines a leader. And a role model. Yeah, and how do you feel about the coach Mike Anderson and St. John's right now moving forward, man? <laughs> I think I think he's a good guy. Um, I actually uh, went to their practice. I've seen him practice a few times. Um, he's a great guy. You know, he, he got he got these these players playing football, basketball, uh, fast, um, up pace, and, and, and he got the ball movement moving. On both sides of court, um, which is good, right. you know, and I think that's what we need. You know, we need a change of direction, um, uh, change of style of play, and uh, so far, so good. I mean, <laughs> these guys is actually uh, doing real well defensively. We had a lot of work right now at the end of the year. You know, Coach Mike, uh, Coach, Mike Coach Mike Anderson got um, Coach of the Year, I believe, <laughs> in the Big East. So um, it's, it's, it's going in the right direction. In the right direction. He's doing a good job. I agree. One more question to me, ask you. You're building a team. Who are you picking first? You got to pick one. Kobe or LeBron? <laughs> oh. I'm picking Kobe. Okay. Uh, Kobe. Kobe. Black Mamba, RIP all day long. I hear that. <laughs> I hear that. Yeah. I still so, like LeBron, but I'm, I'm picking, picking Black Mamba. I get that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with the Mamba too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so, 
You know what's funny? Mike Jarvis wasn't the only person that spoke about your leadership with him. I remember um, reading an article where Bingo spoke about your leadership back in the Rucker time, man. Can you tell us a little bit like your relationship with Bingo out there at the Rucker, man? Um, Bingo has always been like a second father to me. Um, uh, so I, honestly, I think without Bingo, I, I probably wouldn't be playing ball the way I'm playing now. Um, like I said, uh, Andre Faison introduced me to Riverside. But Bingo actually taught me how to play, um, you know, at Riverside and how to play in, in, in street ball. Um, he's been my, he's been my coach since I was a little kid. He's actually still my coach now. So, um, like I said, I mean, I, I love the guy to death. And like I said, if you need me, I'm always there. But like, he's the reason why, you know, I'm, I'm I'm successful in in in, in uh, New York City basketball and also you know pro because I go to him for workouts. Um, uh, he gives me all kinds of great ideas and how to improve my game. Um, like I said, he's, he's he's a great father figure, you know, to to, to guys that that need it. And like I said, he's always been a second like a second father. Me. So um, like I said, I, and I've, I've been playing for Bingo also since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, won like many, many, many championships. You know, Nike was playing with Team Nike, Bingo also. I think he won three championships in Hoops in the Sun. I believe three championships in Diamond. Um, I won a championship and rocked over with him. Everywhere we go, we win. So, you know, it's like Cavs. Cavs, what we do is win. <laughs> you know, so, what we do is win. This well, you you synonymous with winning. That's good. So you coach you you coach it now. What do you enjoy uh, the most about coaching, and what's the toughest part of coaching? What I enjoy is yelling at the players. Now, see, now I get to yell at them. <laughs> <laughs> now I get to yell. Um, no, nah, um. Just teaching them and, and and showing them the difference between actually playing a game and, and, and learning learning about the game. Because a lot of guys, a lot of these young players don't know the basics. If you know the basics, then it'll make your whole your whole game much easier, much better. You know, passing, you know, bounce pass, chest pass, overhead pass, knowing when to pass, knowing when to score. Um uh, Rebounding and outlet passing, you know, or rebounding and pushing the ball to court. Like a lot of these guys really don't understand why we do certain drills, and we break it down to them why we do certain drills because we certain situations in the game. If you're being pressured and you're trying to pass the ball, no, you get the rebound, you push it yourself. So once you push it yourself, now you might have one or two defensive players behind you, so you can make easy pass or easy shot or easy let it for yourself. You know, a lot of you guys now, I think they want to showboat and, and, and want to make, you know, fancy passes or make make the crowd you know, scream and cheer. The crowd's always going to scream and cheer. You know, you just got to, you know, keep your head straight and, and play the game the way it's supposed to be played. And, um, I just like to be able to teach kids how to play the game that was taught instead of teaching them the game the way they see it on TV. That's good. 
Do you have a? Uh, can you tell us a top five list of the of your McDonald's All American? Mm, nice. Top five. Well, being that I didn't go to McDonald's All American, uh, <laughs> I can't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I, I, I really don't know that many that went there. I mean, I didn't go. I went to DC Classic. Hey, Ant, um, do you feel the three-point shot destroyed the game or elevated the game? It, it elevated the game. It definitely elevated the game because now, um, for an offensive player, um, it made it much more easier for them to get more points off. Instead of them trying to, trying to get closer to the rim or trying to get to the free line, when you come across half the court, if you got that range like Steph Curry, you ain't got to go but so far. Mm. Now on the defensive end, you know if, if you're coming down, you guarding Steph Curry. Now you got to guard him when you cross past half court. You know, um, it made it made it made it much easier to me. Um, I don't I don't condone everybody taking it, but it made it much easier. And one thing I ask you, man, I re- I recall like you know Zane and, and Keanu know I'm a big time Georgetown fan, as you know that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, you knew it was coming, right? I vividly remember a game when you was killing us. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute, this guy's. I know you're relentless. You're a good rebounder. You could defense. You're athletic. Play hard. And all of a sudden, you dropping mid range jump shots all over. I'm like, yo. And it went from dunking right. to, to, to making mid-range jump shots. Like, did you work on that late in your career, I see, Johns? <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. Coach Jarvis and Coach Thurman had me shooting jump shots uh, a lot after practice. Okay. So there was times when in the game where I should have been shooting jump shots, and they were screaming at me on the, on, the, on the bench, shoot it, shoot it. But I don't think I had the, the confidence back then. Mm. So, um, one game uh, we played against Duke. I think I was a junior, and we played in a garden. And I got the ball three-point line, and Willie Show was in the corner. And I caught the ball, and I was so wide open, I had no choice but to shoot the basketball. If I would have passed the ball, the ball would have been over one. So when I shot the ball, all I heard was no. But I heard it from the stands. Mm. And when they went in, I heard the coaches like, yes, yes, I told you to shoot. I ran down court. I, I made the three, and we won, won the game too. Marcus Hatton made the, made the free throw. Right. And we won the game. So if I would have missed that shot, whoever in the, in the stands, they would have been right. But mm. I made the shot. That's so right. it was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> But I mean, I, I worked on my shot a lot um, after practice with the coaches, and they had confidence in me that I didn't have the confidence in myself to take those shots a lot of times. Mm. I understand. So, yeah. Hey, uh, Kenyatta, let me let me chime in. Being that he did uh, that top five for, for the All American didn't work out. How about this? Mm. Who's your top five? Mm. Do your top five list of Knicks ever? It was Knicks? the top five thing that you that, that you had to say all time Nicholas, who would it be? Damn. Well, Patrick Ewing was definitely number one. Yeah. Um John Starks. Um 
about um Mark Jackson. Um, Spreewell. And I would have to say Oakley. That's solid. That's solid right there. Oh, somebody said Bernard King. Oh, Spreewell. (laughs) Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But I got, to, I got to keep Charles open. That's the heart and soul of that team back then, boy. Yeah. So, would you ever think about becoming like a college coach or anything? Is something you you consider or aspire to be? Um. Yeah. You know, if if if, if uh, when the time is right, I would definitely like to be a college coach because I feel like I got more more uh, teaching to do. Um, not just high school, you know, athletes. I could also, you know, influence a lot of college uh, players, whether it be men or girls, you know, and, and teach them, you know, what they need to do to be successful to get to that next level. Um, and it's, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be easy, but with a lot of hard work and guidance, um, the right guidance, um, they can do it. So, do you do your kids play? Huh? Your kids play? Um, my oldest daughter plays. She used to play. Um, okay. She doesn't play anymore. She uh, she had a few surgeries. Um, oh wow. And she decided she decided not to play. Anymore, um, and I was, I was fine with it because at the end of the day, it's her decision. You know, I'm, I'm gonna always support her. Um, but uh, I have a I have a newborn. Um, she's about to be one this coming June. Um, hopefully, she have a basketball in her hand. If not, you know, whatever she decides <laughs> to do, you know, you know, we we support her. But you know, of, of course, you know. She, She's gonna have a you know, basketball. She got a basketball, a few basketballs in her crib right now. So <laughs> she she already know. I mean, she watch she watch sports on TV. Um, she 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 likes basketball. She likes football too. So she's all right. That's great, man. That's yeah. Great. Go ahead, Theo, because I interjected before Kenyatta's uh, oh, last one. Okay. Um, I'm actually in. Um. That'd be tough to ask. Oh, do you think the NBA gave you a fair shot to make it an NBA? Because I thought you coming I out of college, I thought that you had a place in the NBA. Yeah, I thought I so too. I, I gotta say, that. I gotta agree with that. Yeah. I thought. Um, I don't know if you maybe undersized or what it was, like the position, or maybe you didn't. Please elaborate. I thought I you was NBA material, man, for sure. I mean, I had I had the body for it. You know, um, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely in shape. I'll definitely strong. Um, when I left St. John's, um, I didn't even have anybody, you know, guiding me in that direction. Um, okay. I actually had a workout with Boston. Um, it's crazy because uh, I actually played ball with a lot of Knicks players. Um, 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 
Anthony Mason, um, um, RIP to him. Uh, it was him, a few other guys worked out in Manhattan College um, during the summer. And I was brought up there to work out with them. And we worked out for like two or three days playing basketball, you know, just having fun and, you know, going up and down. They were basically going over something they were working, they were going uh, in practice. And, you know, it, it, was, it was cool. You know, I chopped it up with them, talked to them. But my last workout was with Boston. Um, this was before, this was, matter of fact, this was right after they won a championship. Um, um, I had to work out with them during the summertime. Um, great workout, you know. Um, I don't think I was at that time ready for it. Um, there was a lot of other good guys that was there. And I'm not gonna knock it. I mean, other guys that got that, that fit better into their system than myself. But I had the opportunity, I just wasn't prepared for it. Um, I mean, God, God put me in certain situations, whether I was prepared for or not, um, and I just took advantage of what what, what what I was, you know, faced with. Um, I mean, I had a successful uh, pro career. I mean, I think everything you know, I, I gained from it. Um, you know, travel for free. My family traveled for free, and I met different people. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think, you know, back from what I, I gained from it. Um, I'm just happy, you know. I, I, I think I had a good career. I think a lot of people don't realize, and, and just from talking to you, you realize, like, if you tell people actually how hard it is to make the NBA, because I think that people don't realize, like, the pool gets smaller. So even to go mm-hmm. from high school to playing a D1 school, it gets even smaller and smaller and smaller. Yes, yes. I mean, it's 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 tough, like. Um, we spent, I want to say, about 15 minutes, and now we're just warming up and stretching. And even that was hard. Like they don't, they don't go through the normal stretches that you know a lot of college coaches uh, put they, they, they play through. Like they really go through everything, every every you know part of your body. You stretch elbow, knee, ankle, everything, and then it's warmups. And then it's, they they push you through certain drills, and they give you. Uh, three plays that you got to remember, um, and they put you in different positions. So if you're playing a point guard, one position, you play three, three guard, or you may play all four. You got to remember every spot that you got to go to. And sometimes for some players, it's hard to, to for them to remember because they're so used to they're so used to playing one position. You know, they play, they they push you through all kind of positions because it's not really, you know, you're gonna be stuck in one position, especially if you're a guard. You gotta know the the, the the point, two guard and three. You gotta know all, all positions. So it's it's tough. You know it's it's tough, and you know you're gonna get bumped around, and they're gonna talk trash, and you gotta learn how to just you know keep talk trash back and keep it moving, or you know just just, just shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's either or. You know, but it, it's it's it comes with a lot, and and it's it's not easy. I tell everybody, it's not easy. Even my friends. You know, that's especially like, why you didn't make that A? Why didn't bro? It's not hard. It's, 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 it's not hard, but then again, it's not easy. You know, once you get there, like you made it until you sign that paper, you got that contract, then you made it. Yeah. But trust me, it's it's, it's 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 not easy. But then again, I say it's, it's not that hard either. But it definitely ain't easy. So right, so right now, uh, Anthony, we're gonna go into uh, a segment called the what. 
I'm gonna ask you five questions. Try to answer them as quick as you can, and that'll just give you know people a better, uh, you know, perspective or you know, saying relations, you know, about what you like. Okay. All right. Let me know when you're ready, bro. Jeez. All right. <laughs> I'm ready, man. Favorite... <laughs> Your favorite movie is. Friday after next. Favorite basketball player is Shaquille O'Neal. Favorite food is lasagna. Your favorite color is blue. The greatest inspiration in your life is who? My, my family. Great five right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, after that, I was going to say, man, that's crazy. That was great. <laughs> yeah. I can't come behind that, man. I can't come behind that, man. So, no. Oh, that was beautiful. No, yeah, I ain't gonna lie to that 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 food part had any mess on it. I can't say anything, tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that's cool though, man. I, I thank y'all for having me on, man. I appreciate this, man. Yes, yeah, appreciate yes, you coming man. on, man. This is great. Man. Thanks again, man. Thanks again. It took us like two, three months though, but it's all good though. <laughs> yeah, bro. You're the, that's what I said. I had said you hit like seven fifteen. Like I'm, I'm on. I'm ready. I'm waiting. Right. Yeah, you see this? Please help Jack Frost, the guy with the hat, is trolling Anthony Glover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jack man. Frost, again, huh? man. I appreciate nah. that, man. Thanks no again, problem, man. God. Thank you. Appreciate Anytime, it. man. All right, guys. Thanks, right. enjoy, Later. man. Later. Later, bro. Jack Frost on that thing, huh? Say it again? I said, so Jack Frost. Yeah.